Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. I've given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them, and you eat of the vineyards and the olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore, here it is, here's the turning of the chapter. Now therefore, as a result of all this, guys, here on his deathbed, on his last day on the earth, Joshua tells him, therefore, fear the Lord. And notice the strong exhortation. And why did he do it? Because they needed it. Do you understand that God doesn't waste his breath? And he was urging Joshua with these words. And it wasn't for nothing because they needed to hear it because this is exactly what happened to them. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. Pastor Rob finalizes the book of Joshua today as we hear Joshua's final exhortation to the children of Israel. Speaking through Joshua, God linked the ancient history of Israel to their current history. This is what God had done among them in their own lifetime. There is a sense in which every blessing is undeserved, but some are more obvious than others. When Israel enjoyed victories in Canaan, it should have made them especially grateful for undeserved blessings. We too should be especially grateful for what Jesus Christ did to save us from eternal death. Now let's join Pastor Rob with the final lesson in the book of Joshua. He doesn't care what false god you may be serving now, and there are many people serving false gods over in the east. He loves all of them, and each one is a valuable soul to him that he loves, that he died, he purchased with his own blood. We have to remember that, because I think as Christians, and especially of those of us who love Israel, and you know, especially I'm on this buzz now because I'm about ready to take off, right? And so I'm very gung-ho Israel. And we ought to love Israel, right? The scriptures tell us. I mean, the people can be just like anybody else, right? But they're God's chosen people. He's got a plan for them. But does God not love everybody else? Doesn't he love the people who are calling themselves Palestinians, the Arabs? Does he still love those people? You better believe he does. He sees no one less valuable than the other. But yet we can somehow, sometimes, if we're not careful, we get our pet people, our pet groups of people, and we forget that God loves other people. So we have to think about that. No matter who they are, whether they're Democrat, whether they're Republican, whether they're independent, they, God loves them all, and we ought to love them all, regardless of who they are, what they are, where they've been, what they've done. It doesn't matter. Because I was one of those people on the other side of the river, <laughs> and God brought me into his land. Did he bring you into his land? Amen. Let's learn to love again. And I think we need to learn to love again. Because as time is growing, what does the Bible say? As, as iniquity shall abound, the love of many will grow cold. As we get closer to the end days, we're going to find that happening. Folks, we have to resist it. We have to pray against it. 
in our own hearts, in our own hearts first. But God is not a respecter of persons. Verse 5, he says, Also I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt, according to what I did among them. Afterward I brought you out. And so he's given them this Bible study, re- reminding them who, where they came from. What are their origins? It's important to know where you came from. Do you know your heritage? Do you know where you came from? It's important to know these things. When you, when you know where you've, where you've come from, you know where you're going. And thank God we know who we came from. We got the seed of, of, of Abraham, the, the seed of faith. We got God in our hearts. We know that where are we going? Are we just wandering aimlessly in the world? Or do we have a place to go? Didn't Jesus say, I've prepared a place for you that where I am you might also be? Is he indeed preparing a place? Is that where you're going? Because if it is, it ought to change the way I think today. It ought to change me. If, it do, if I'm not finding myself being changed, I better wake up. I better wake up and say, Lord, what's going on in my head? What am I doing with my life? How come I'm not speaking to people about Jesus anymore? How come I'm not talking to my friends and my neighbors? When's the last time you shared the gospel with someone? When's the last time you put yourself in a position, the uncomfortable position, because it's never easy, is it? It's never easy. Because part of the gospel is that the person you're talking to, you have to tell them that they've sinned against God. That's part of the gospel, isn't it? You sinned, but so have I. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life by Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, verse 6, and you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea, another impossible situation that God was put them in on purpose. He led them to the Dead Sea to bring them into this impossible situation. So they cried out, verse 7, to the Lord. He put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt, and then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time. Forty years, to be precise. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. And they fought with you, but I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and, and I destroyed them from before you. And then Balak... The son of Zippor, the king of Moab, he arose to make war against you, and I sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore he continued to bless you, and so I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over to the Jordan. And this is where we pick up in Joshua, right? Then I I, I went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. But I delivered them all into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you. Also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with sword or with bow. And he's speaking to those kings on the east side, Sihon, the king of Heshbon that we read about in Deuteronomy chapter 2. And then Og, the king of Bashan who we read about in Deuteronomy chapter 3. And then going on in verse 13 here, he says, But I've given you a land for which you did not labor. What a great thing. Can you imagine coming into a land and the house is built for you? You walk in, uh, everything's spit-polished, a beautiful staircase going up. Uh, You look out in the backyard, and there's a great big garden and all kinds of pleasant fruits and vegetables. Everything's ready there for you. The cows are out there. They don't even know a new master's in town. They're just out there, you know, out there chewing their cud. They don't know who owns them yet. Oh, you look different. Who are you? Oh, that's okay. Just get the milk. I'm your master now. They don't know. 
But I've given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them, and you eat of the vineyards and the olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore, here it is, here's the turning of the chapter. Now therefore, as a result of all this, guys, here on his deathbed, on his last day on the earth, Joshua tells him, therefore, fear the Lord. And notice the strong exhortation. And why did he do it? Because they needed it. Do you understand that God doesn't waste his breath? And he was urging Joshua with these words, and it wasn't for nothing because they needed to hear it because this is exactly what happened to them. What an unfortunate story. Actually, it's not story. It's history. What an unfortunate thing. See, that's why it's here for our nurture and admonition that we would not follow in these same footsteps. When God says to do something, it's really a good idea to do it (laughs) and not to argue with him and to say, well, I've got a better plan. I don't feel like doing it that way, Lord, but I can get the same thing done a little quicker and a little bit better my way. And God is saying, no, you may think it's easier. You may be able to do it quicker. You may think it's better, but in the end, it's going to be a bitter pill because there's there's, there's something in the journey that God brings us to that brings us to an end of ourselves that he gets the glory and not us. And there's something that he's doing in that journey. The process is so important. The ends do not justify the means, right? We know that sometimes to get from point A to point B, most of us think, well, it's a straight line. That's the quickest way. And the Lord says, well, that's true. But for you, we're going to take a little hiatus. We're going to take a little journey out here. Why is that? Because you need to learn something. And -and so-and-so could do it. And I wouldn't have to take them over here and over here and over here. I could take them a little bit quicker, a little crooked, but you for some reason. And this is one thing that Lord knows us so well. He knows us so well. It's like our life is, 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 is catered to us. He, he knows exactly what he needs to do with you, and it's individual. There's no cookie-cutter paths. It's all individual, and God is going to get us to the same place. But some people are, are just obedient, and they just go with very little resistance. And other people, they're just kicking their feet in all the time. Just, and God feels like he's just, he's just dragging them along. And he won't drag you along for too long. He'll let you stop and, and taste the bitterness of your decision and then get you back going after you've repented. That's how good he is. He leads us, and hopefully we listen. But notice, Joshua says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away, notice, he, he knows they've got strange gods among them. He says, Now put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord, serve Jehovah God. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, here it is, choose yourself this day whom you will serve. Are you going to serve the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the Euphrates, or the gods that are of the Amorites in whose land you dwell? you got a choice. Those gods, the gods that you're living in, or are you going to serve God? But notice what he says. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Are you serving the Lord with your house, with your entire household? Are you finding ways to serve together? I would encourage you to do that. Serve the Lord. Find ways to serve the Lord with your family. Serve the Lord in this church. There are so many things that could be happening in this church. Find something and do it. Outside of this church, find something and do it to serve somebody else. In your neighborhood, find something and do it to bless somebody else. Without asking for, you know, do it because it's the right thing. But pray and seek the Lord. May he guide and direct you. But are you serving the Lord? So he goes on. 
He says, far, so the people answered, notice this, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. You notice the confidence that they had in their own flesh? Verse 17, for the Lord our God is he who brought us up and our fathers out of the land of bondage from the house of bondage, who did these great signs in our sight, and he preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom, through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwell in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. You notice the confidence? Boy, that's a crazy thing, confidence. It reminds me of Peter. Peter had a lot of confidence in his own flesh. Lord, everyone can, is going to flee from you, but not me. I'll stay with you to the very end. I'll die for you. And you know, there's a certain part of Peter that I really admire. Because you remember that night in Gethsemane, when they were coming to take him, Peter, in his rashness, in his impetuousness, he pulls out a sword, and he's thinking he's going he's gonna to take this on. And he goes, and he hacks off Malchus's ear. I don't think he was trying to hit the ear. Do you understand? He was meant... He was trying to bring a mortal blow to that man. And God in his mercy calls Malchus just to turn his head slightly at just the right time. And it probably hit him like this and the blade went off his shoulder but cut his ear off. I don't think Peter was aiming for an ear. I think he was taking off a head and he was just inaccurate. But yet the same Peter, just a little while later, would deny Jesus three times. He didn't know his own limitations, but in his bravado, I'll do it, Lord. I will do it. Confidence in my own flesh, I'll do it. I'll take up my sword and I'll just take care of business. There was one moment of flash in the pan courage that Peter had, and it was misguided. It was, it was wrong for him to do. But he had to prove himself. And then he failed then, and he also failed when he denied the Lord three times. Jesus says, Peter, you don't even know. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. And when you've recovered, when you're converted, you know, minister to your brothers. But they said, we will serve the Lord our God. He is God. But Joshua said, verse 19, to the people, you cannot serve the Lord. Isn't that encouraging? He's telling them all his time, serve the Lord, serve the Lord. They say, we're going to do it. We're going to serve the Lord. Well, you can't serve the Lord. Wait, Come again? Didn't you just tell me to serve the Lord and admonish me, and now you're telling me that I can't serve the Lord? It's because he knew their hearts. He knew their hearts. God had given him a wonderful discernment. And he said to them, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. Well, thank you very much. What a blessing tonight has been. I'm so glad to be here. You cannot serve the Lord. Joshua knew the rebellion, and the Lord must have impressed upon his heart this warning. And notice in verse 20, another conditional statement. Here it is again. Underline the word if. If you forsake the Lord and you serve foreign gods, and by the way, Israel, you're doing it right now. I know you've got them hid in your tents even right now. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, underline this word, then, there's the conditional statement, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, notice, no, but we will serve the Lord. We're, we're going to serve Yahweh. We're going to serve Jehovah again in their, in their zeal. And they, they didn't even know themselves. You know, do you know yourself? I don't know myself. Sometimes I think I do, and then the Lord brings circumstances in my life where I think I know I'm going to respond a certain way, and I find myself caving in. And it's because I don't know myself. See, Peter was like that too. All by himself, Peter thought, well, I'm not going to deny you, Lord, even if everyone denies you. And what's, what's the very thing that happened? That very night, he denied him. And Peter repented. 
It was, a, it was a godly sorrow. He repented. Judas, however, worldly sorrow. Then he went and hung himself. There was no repentance. Verse 22, so Joshua said to the people, notice what he says, you are witnesses against yourself that the Lord has chosen the Lord, that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Can you almost hear the, their voice? We are witnesses. Yeah, we, we've heard it, yeah. Now therefore, he said, put away, Put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. He knew that they were still harboring these things. And yet they're saying in their strength and in their own false bravado, yeah, we're going to serve the Lord. But he knows better. And he says, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. (laughs) And you know, they may have been sincere, but you know, sometimes we we can be sincerely lacking you know, I don't doubt their sincerity, but they lack the power and they lack, they lack the devotion to God to follow through with it. They just didn't know themselves. And as, as, as was the children of Israel, so we are as individuals. We're really no different. Every, every single person, again, regardless of background, ethnicity, uh, no matter what, we are all the same. Until, and we, we, that's why we must come to the Lord. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. And then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And you're reading it right now, by the way. Praise the Lord. And he took a large stone and he set it up there under the oak, which was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to the, all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us. For it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. And it shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. Boy, that, that stone was, uh, uh, has heard a lot of words. And it's there as a witness against them. Because Joshua knew what was coming. What was coming. The Lord was revealing it to him. So... Joshua left, let the people depart, each to his own inheritance. In verse 29, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance at timnath Sarah, which is in the mountains of Ephraim, on the north side of Mount Gaash. Notice verse 31. This is a, a verse to, uh, to underline or to circle because we read it earlier. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. All the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. That's a really great verse to remember because I think our country is a lot like that. We, we, we typically forget what we fought so hard to obtain. And here we are in our country right now, and there's so few people uh, who really understand what it took for our country to get to where it is. And there's a lot of young people coming up who could care less. They don't care. They, they haven't been taught history in school. So they just think that this is, they just take this for granted. And, and it's an unfortunate thing. This freedom that we have has been paid for by the lives of many. It's a very unique country that we live in, folks. A very unique blessing that God has given us. In the world... This country, of all the countries in the world, is the most blessed. We've been given so much, and we have such great freedoms that most parts of the world don't have. They do not have them, and yet they are all ours, and it's worth fighting for. 
If I'm called upon, I, you know, it's like when I was a, a young guy, I didn't want to go into the service. I, I didn't want to sign up for the selective service, but I did because it was my duty to do. I never got called. But I feel for some reason now, more than ever, you know, if I could have the same heart right now as I did back when I was 18, I would say, sign me up, I'm going. At least I think so. Because now I understand what we have and it's worth fighting for. I digress, so forgive me. Verse 32, the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel had brought up out of Egypt, they buried at Shechem. And the plot of ground which Jacob had brought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for 100 pieces of silver, and which had become an inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, he died. And they buried him in a hill belonging to Phinehas, his son, which was given to him in the mountains of Ephraim. In the mountains of Ephraim. So what an amazing book this has been. Isn't that awesome? You know, you just look how God prepared them. In the desert, he prepared this people by leading them through all these things and teaching them hard lessons. Many of the people perished in the wilderness because of the rebellion. But God prepares them. He, 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 he gets them ready. And then finally, he brings them into the promised land, the conquest. And they go into the central part. Then they go down south. Then they go north. And then they conquer the land. And then the two and a half tribes go over, you know, after they divide the land, and now they go over, and then now they're residing on the east side of the Jordan, and everybody's happy. And now we come to the end of the book, where Joshua on his deathbed, he tells them, he warns them in advance. This is what's going to happen. And in spite of all their, their heart's desire to do the right thing, and I, again, I think they were sincere at the time, but they didn't understand that because of the disobedience from the past, they were living amongst enemies that were going to seduce them. It would be a snare to them because they weren't obedient. They didn't finish what God had told them to do. And because of that, it would have ramifications. There were, there's always a consequence for disobedience. Always. So let's stand. Let's pray. A good book. Wouldn't you agree? In a couple weeks, we'll begin the book of Judges. Father, we thank you for this time together. We pray that, Lord, uh, the things that we learn from the book of Joshua, Lord, we see a lot of uh, accountability here, Father. Make us accountable, Lord. We've heard much, and, Lord, you've revealed much to us. And so, Jesus, we pray that, Lord, we would be a people that would be on our knees, that we'd be obedient to you, that we would no longer offer excuses for anything, but, Lord, we would be so willing Willing And, Lord, help us to fall in love with you even more than we are. Lord, I love you, but I know that there are so many areas in my heart that are you left still, even now, just I need to surrender, and I need for you to shine your search light upon. And, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters, too, that you give them that same grace tonight, same grace tomorrow. Lord, all this weekend, next week, next month, Lord, use us and forgive us. And Lord, help us to be obedient to you. Because, Lord, you're the lover of our soul. You're the one who has saved us. Lord, you're the one who has secured a place for us. So, Lord, help us to respond to this great grace that you've given, to respond to this great love that you've demonstrated in so many wonderful ways. Help us to respond out of love 
not out of duty or out of obligation, but out of love and out of obedience because we love you, Lord. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob begins a study in the epistles of the Apostle John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.